Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Queer as South. It's your host, Dustin. It is the first official episode of Queer as South today. Super excited. We have a lot of shit to talk about today. So, yeah, let's get into it. Um, today we have our first guest. It's Colby, my boyfriend. Hi. Hello, everybody. I'm so excited. <laughs> so just tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into this. Uh, the rest of the episode is essentially going to be me just asking Colby shit about himself. So just a quick little introduction so we know what we're working with here. Well... My name is Colby Valentine. I'm 28 years old, and my pronouns are he, him, and I am, I guess, an unofficial makeup artist on the side (laughs) and work at a vet clinic by day. So yeah, that's me. Vet clinic by day, drag queen by night. Oh yeah, that too, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, we're going to talk about it all. We're going to give the people everything about you. Okay, so um, Colby pointed out to me, and it has also occurred to me in the first episode in the introduction into everything you know i talked about inclusivity i talked about all of these things but i never fucking mentioned the black lives matter movement and that's not fucking okay like we're in the middle of a movement yeah we're in the middle of a movement we're witnessing which, history you know being rewritten the absolutely. way it should have been absolutely and Girl, you know I could go on all day. Yeah, yes. I know you sit there and listen to me rant all day and get on these, you know, get <laughs> these Twitter fights. But no, it's a serious thing and it needs to be addressed. And we're gonna talk about it. And right. if you're uncomfortable with it, then this isn't the podcast for you. But Absolutely. I mean, this is this is what it's about. You know, basic human rights. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I don't even know why this this is an issue. And like today, it's it's just crazy that like you know history has not really progressed as much as, you know, everyone wants you to believe. And so we're going to talk about it. Yeah, no, I mean, this whole fuckery of like make America great again makes me want to die because I want, I'm like, please explain to me at what point America was great. Maybe for privileged white straight people. Yeah. America's been great always. Well, but honey, we're here today to tell you, no, ma'am, no, Pam. Speaking specifically on this, you know, we are sitting here as gay men today openly in a relationship with each other. And it's because of a black trans woman, mm-hmm. Marsha P. Johnson. Yes, uh, and guess what? Today is today is June 28th. <laughs> 1969. So, how long ago was that? Um, it was 51 years ago. 51 years ago today, um, the Stonewall riots began thanks to sex workers, thanks to trans women of color, thanks to people that do not look like us, people that traditionally have not been given the opportunities in this country that they should have had. The Stonewall riots served as a literal catalyst for the gay rights movement in the United States and around the world. So it's a big deal, you know, and we owe it all to that and to Marsha. Yeah, we do. You know, June has been Pride Month for as long as I even knew what Pride was, but it probably wasn't until within the past two to three years that I even knew the entire month became Pride Month because of oh, what yeah. happened on June 28th, yeah. 1969. Yeah. I had no idea 
because it's not taught. That is such a monumental mm-hmm. fucking moment in history for everyone, even non-gay people. Like, just that is a huge moment. And the fact that it's not taught, the fact that it's not screamed from the top of buildings, like, it doesn't make any sense to me. And it makes me angry that I didn't know that. Well, and also, too, here again, we're in the South. We're queer, so... When we come out, everything about our history that has led up to, you know, us being able to get married and, you know, adopt children, we have to learn it on our own. Yeah. We we don't have anyone. Well, I mean, I think I could speak for a lot of people when I say that we don't have anyone growing up that teaches us these things. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's not even, and you know, before coming out as a young gay man, you know, through your early twenties, those people that you surround yourself with as a general rule, at least I know it's true for myself. The people that I surrounded myself with were not interested in the history of being gay. They were interested no. in doing lines and drinking and fucking. Mm-hmm. And yes, that is a part of it, whatever, like do what you want to do. That's your life. But again, like not knowing our history is a huge problem in the community, in my opinion. Like it's, I think that's why there's still so much internalized racism within the community, sexism within the community, homophobia within the community, you Mm -hmm. know, because nobody ever takes this time to truly get to know where we came from. I still don't know enough about it. I don't either. And, and I want to. Me too. I We need to talk about it. Like in day-to-day discussions, these things need to be brought up. We need to do more research on our own. We're just as guilty of it for not knowing. We will be providing the history and the lesson for you. So we will attach a link along with many others that we will discuss here in a second um, in our bio and or in the link to this episode that will take you directly to a full article on Marsha P. Johnson and the Stonewall Riots. Yes. I mean, today's the anniversary. We're going to celebrate this. Right. Um, this episode is going to air not on June 28th. So oh, that's right. I forgot. No, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> but we're recording on June 28th. So we're talking about it. Just because June is about to end doesn't mean that we should forget about it. No, no. Pride Month is, you know, we have our month to celebrate, but at the same time, it goes so much further than that. It, it should go further than that. So, you know, Pride isn't a month for corporations that already have more money than they know what to do with, create all this rainbow shit. And I'm just as susceptible I to was, it. Yeah. I love rainbow shit, but take a look at their history. Like, do they actually support their gay employees? Exactly. Do they have insurance that helps trans people? What are these companies doing for yeah. our community? Yeah. And if it's they're doing all those, yeah, it's pandering. Absolutely. And we all fall prey to it. We do. Um, because we all love rainbow shit. Well, and also too, I mean, a lot of us in the queer community, we got hardly any love as a kid. Right. And so now we see all these corporations that say that they stand with us and you know, the majority do, but we're just basically saying that you have to be cautious. You have to do your research and you have to figure out the ones that are truly here and the ones that are just trying to get your clean. Right. Um, Speaking of Marsha P. Johnson, a black trans woman, here in Little Rock, Arkansas, three days ago from when this was recorded, Brayla Stone was murdered by a transphobe. And there is only one news outlet covering it, Fox 16 News. I know they've tweeted about it using her dead name. 
Oh yeah. No, uh, that's like the biggest issue right now is they're using her dead name. They're misgendering her. She was 17 years old. 17 fucking years old. This is not being talked about enough. Like it's not, this is happening everywhere. And I know that all of us here are seeing it on social media, you know, say their name, sign these petitions because I mean, we saw what happened for George Floyd yeah. and we saw the, the wheels start to turn on the Breonna Taylor case. But again, nothing has not been done yet, but, what has been done is because of our voices and yes. because of what we have done and signing these petitions and educating these people and having this platform. So on Queer Eye South, we will say their names. There is going to be a segment in each episode where we talk about this. We say the name of some woman, man, trans woman, trans man, someone of color that has lost their life to a senseless murder that the law is not doing anything about or the law is not doing enough about or the news isn't saying anything about. We want them to still have a voice. They are dead now. They cannot stand up for themselves, and that's not fucking okay. Brayla was murdered by a transphobe, and there's some fucking asshole bragging about it on Instagram. The story that has been put out is like... Not enough information, first of all, which is irritating because it isn't big enough. It's not blowing up enough. Like, why is this not like front page hot news? Why is this person still walking free? Because I have heard that her killer is still like at large on Facebook. Like, yeah, I did it, which blows my mind. So I found an article because when you Google Brayla Stone, there should be a thousand articles popping up when you Google her. However, like I had to dig, like I had to type in Brayla Stone murder Little Rock in order to fucking get this article to pop up. And it's on Chaos and Comrades. We'll link the article in the bio and Insta stories and all the things because we need to fucking know this. There is an Instagram account called Tappen Season, T A P N S E A S O N. The Instagram, at least when this article was posted, is still up on Instagram, made the comment on a rest in peace post for Brayla Stone that says, I zipped them for 5k money well spent. Posts on their story, a pile of cash with 5k and a little fucking emoji on it bragging about this now obviously we don't know if whoever this person is murdered Brayla but it's a fucking place to start so why is nothing being done about it this Instagram account is still up also at Instagram hello wake the fuck up get that off of there this Uh, is not this is not okay I'm I'm getting angry As you should be. Everybody should be. Like, I just don't get it. Why is he still at large? Actually, you know why? I'll tell you why. Because he's a white cis male. Yeah. No, I mean. That's why. Whoever, this is a transphobic act of violence. This is a racist act of violence. This is a senseless murder. She was a child. 17 years old are you kidding me yeah she had so much life ahead of her and some asshole took that from her and nobody is doing anything about it so yeah let's speak the fuck up let's talk about it let's scream about it so there is a petition for brayla um or to get the law enforcement to get off their fucking asses and look for whoever did this it's on change.org we're going to link that um colby will put it on the twitter the instagram eventually again i want to have a website where all of this will be easily accessible but that's not running yet so yeah check the twitter check the instagram go sign this petition i did it last night it literally took two 30 seconds. seconds 
Two seconds. It's and so fast. Yeah. The time it takes you to tweet hashtag BLM and then log off for the day, you could have signed three plus petitions. petitions. Yes, absolutely. So again, we're going to make this easier for y'all and we were going to be linking them so you can go boop, boop, right there, y'all. boom. Autofill. I literally opened it in Chrome and then boom, my information was there. And then I clicked sign petition. It was so easy. And then it automatically sends you to a page where you can share it, where you can either tweet it or share it on Instagram, or it will just let you copy the link. There's also a place on there to donate. Every time you donate to change.org, it allows them, I think it's $3. Mm -hmm. If you donate $3, it allows them to send it out to that many more people. It allows them to send out email lists. It allows them to send out all of these blasts and that needs to be happening for Brayla. So go on there, donate if you can, but 1000% go fucking sign the petition. Okay. Yeah. It's not hard. And I would just like to end all of this by saying hashtag defund the police. Okay. Hashtag a cab. Yeah. Anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's something that we're going to talk about in future episodes as well, what that looks like. I know a lot of people are fucking confused. Like, oh, what are you going to do without the cops? That's not the fucking point. We're going to have a whole episode. We're breaking this shit down. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if you're confused still on why we say defund the police and ACAB, why don't you take your little booty over to Netflix and watch 13th? It's amazing. It's eye-opening. I was shook. I was pissed. I was gooped gagged it's everything okay so now we get to get into me um, yeah. well well oh <laughs> um, <laughs> not at this moment no i drank last night so we're not doing that we're gonna interview colby today right yay <laughs> my favorite thing to do it's is talk about myself favorite topic <laughs> of discussion himself <laughs> taylor swift's me was literally written for me see it doesn't fucking stop my god (laughs) i'm just kidding no all right so let's get into it this is my first time ever interviewing anyone y'all so bear with me this is a super exciting journey so uncomfortable today brother (laughs) oh my god please forgive him (laughs) okay first of all where are you from well I grew up in the tiny little foothills of clinton arkansas and i'm gonna Stop right there because I know that a lot of people, well, the ones that know where Clinton is specifically and know about it, I'm sure you're like, oh, um, Clinton is small. It's very conservative, as mm. with most smaller towns in the South. The Walmart is like the biggest thing to talk about i feel like the only thing people know about clinton is the walmart because (laughs) it's scary it's a very eclectic group of people that you see in the clinton walmart not very many teeth i'll say that (laughs) (laughs) i my mother and i lived with my grandparents uh her and my dad divorced like i not even a year after I was born and he is not a part of my life, a running theme with a lot of gay men. So yeah, we lived with my grandparents for many years, you know, went to Southern Baptist uh, church. God was a big thing in our house. Okay. So you've, you moved a lot growing up, right? Um, well, I shouldn't say a lot. I, I literally moved from one house 
to another house at 10 years old that was like a 10 minute drive away from the Mm -hmm. first house that's the only time I moved as a kid so anytime I hear someone having moved like more than twice I'm like oh my god you moved like literally a thousand times well I only have lived outside of the state once when I was a literal infant my mom was dating a guy who lived in Georgia and so we lived there for like not even a full year and then I don't know what happened and she said I gotta go (laughs) so we we moved back to Clinton and then because I mean my earliest memories are you know my grandparents house right I was too young to remember Georgia so and you know I came from Clinton to Bologna which you know downgrade upgrade you decide (laughs) (laughs) and then graduated from there so um between Clinton and Bologna. I mean, I know they're not that far apart, but would you say one of them was like more at its core Southern than the other? Or do you think they're pretty similar? So it's kind of hard to judge Clinton just because I left there before fourth grade. So when you're that young, it's you're not looking for those things. Right. Because you don't know shit about the world. Yeah. You don't know anything different. Like this is normal. Right. Um, so I finished out my schooling in Valonia, like high mm-hmm. school and all that. And it was, I mean, Valonia is Southern. One year, the seniors decided, um, it was my senior year, actually, their prank was to drive their tractors and like lawn mowers to school. And they thought it was so funny. And I was like, I don't get it. That's it. Where are the jokes? <laughs> wow. So Bologna is a town of one stoplight and the Sonic across the street was like the hangout after uh-huh. school. And that was like where all the fights happened. It was so fun. Oh God. I wasn't a part of them, obviously, because I don't fight. I love, but <laughs> I loved watching fights. I got like, I got off to it. You know, because it was always one of the stupidest things. It was yeah. always these yeah. dumb guys who were fighting over, like, whose truck was bigger or, like... Well, let's be honest. They were all battling for the biggest penis. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like I talked about in the first episode, is I just really want to talk about people's coming out journeys. And I say journey because it really is such a journey. It starts at such a young age. You start having these kind of, like, feelings and you walk through the fucking underwear aisle in Walmart. Oh, and my God. Those Hanes like, and they're, uh-huh. like, tiny waddies. Yes, and get, like, such an unwanted boner while your mom's, like... Uh two feet behind you Uh trying to buy you underwear and you're like just let me keep the picture i don't care Mm um (laughs) but we're gonna kind of jump around a little bit i guess so first like what age did you start coming out because i think for most people like it's not just one day you wake up and you're like oh well the whole world knows i'm gay now it's kind of like you have like one or two people that you tell kind right. of in secret and you swear yeah. them to secrecy like oh my god yeah on their entire oh my life. god did you do that too well i think we all did uh, <laughs> i mean I re- no i really do and that's why i want to talk to different people about it because i think it's such a common thing because like yeah you, it's like if you do something bad when you're a kid it's like it's eating you alive oh and so you have to tell someone about it physically ill yes when i tell you vomiting yes whenever we first start coming out it feels the same way It feels like we've done something so bad because we've grown up hearing how bad it is. So it's like even the thought of saying the words, I'm gay gay out loud. Oh my God. And I didn't do that for so long. Same. I remember looking in the mirror and trying to tell myself to say it out loud. I was the only person at home. Nobody else could have heard me. And I was just like, say it, just say it, just say it, just say it. And I I don't know what I thought was going to happen if I said it. It's very much that 
uh, the Twilight scene. Say it. Oh my god. <laughs> uh well i never would say it to myself but this isn't about me this is about you so like what age did you start coming out like when did you first say it out loud to someone or i guess the first memory i have of actually telling someone was an old friend of mine i had actually called up i was on my way to like spend the night with her that night and previous to this call over the past two days i had had my first sexual encounter with a man wait you had your first sexual encounter with a guy before you ever told anybody oh yeah he was also in the closet hard and that's how we bonded okay well that's a whole nother conversation i wasn't planning on having but that is something that's so interesting to me because that never happened for me I never had another guy that was like in the closet that Mm -hmm. I did anything with like I literally had to find my first person on fucking grinder like I never I never knew anybody now I know a guy now that I'm like motherfucker like I wish we would have both known this. Yeah. Like, where, wh- where were you? Why right, did you speak right, up? Right, right. <laughs> um, like, cause everybody done been knew about me, right? Everybody knew my whole <laughs> life, but I had no idea about him until uh, very recently. If you're listening, you probably know who you are. No, no tea, no shade. I swear. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey. Um, so, okay. Tell me about that. Like how, how did you guys, det- first of all, how old were you? 22. Okay. Yeah. So how did the two of you like when well, we worked together? Okay. And you and were TGI just Fridays. Oh, yes. scandal. <laughs> um, okay. Wait. So you work together, but like, how does this conversation like, oh yeah. So I've been wanting to try like sucking dick like how does this conversation come up with someone who's like so in the closet that's that's always been the confusing thing to me because i was always so anti like i don't even want to talk about sex period i don't want to talk about sex with girls i don't want to talk about it at all because i was so terrified that i was gonna fuck up yeah and people were gonna find out so like how does this conversation start well i think immediately we both already knew about each other i mean you just have that intuition i mean nothing is stronger than an actual gay person's gaydar you know i mean mine well is, and some say mine that, is not well mine's pretty good <laughs> like they can have a full wife and kids and look so masked but like i don't know the way they scoop mashed potatoes or something at the buffet I, i'm like oh sis i hate you okay <laughs> so we both kind of knew and so but we played it off as like bros you know like i just started working there he was kind of like the first one that came over to like talk to me and really build a friendship with me because mm-hmm, i was mm-hmm. you know new and we got each other's numbers with text you know like hey what's up man all that bullshit and then I remember one time I had a realization like after a couple days we were texting all day every day and I had never done that with a guy that wasn't just like my best friend in high school and even then like he sucked at texting so I remember being like this is kind of weird and it's kind of answering the questions that I had Mm -hmm, like confirming mm -hmm. like okay like I feel like this could go in a direction of not just friendship and also like the butterflies were rampant in my stomach (laughs) I was like I have been waiting for this for 22 years and then one night he was out of Town and I was at a party. He was at a party out of town. We were drunk texting each other. And then he basically, in a roundabout way, was like, Don't tell nobody, but like, I think you're cute. And I was like, Oh, 
I think you're cute too. And then it just went from there. And then the next time we saw each other was awkward, heart pounding, sweating. I wanted to vomit. I was sick to my stomach. We messed around. And then I left his house the next morning fully and 100% completely in love with him. Well, naturally. naturally. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I think that's pretty much everybody's I was planning the wedding. Uh, I was one night. And so... Well, okay, let me ask you this. So, your was your first experience with a guy. Did y'all hand jobs, blow jobs, like full penetration? Was, like, what was the situation? No, no sex, no penetration. It was hand job, blow job, and then like half assed on his part. And then he got quote unquote sleepy. And then. So, like, you did all the work? Yes. And then he was just kind of like, uh, uh-huh. like it was his turn, and now uh-huh. I'm sleepy. Yeah. So, did you get him off? I don't think so. Oh, no, I didn't. And he blamed it on like his medication or something he was like i'm sorry i just can't like whatever basically fast forward to when i finally said it out loud told my best friend at the time did you feel like obligated at this point to tell someone because now you've done something with a guy yes and i'll tell you why okay because he completely ghosted me Mm -hmm. as far as that went the texting stopped we'd see each other at work but it was awkward i got psycho like zero to 100 you know and i think we in the gay community especially like a gay man i think we can all agree that we've had our psycho moments i mean especially when you're young and you're coming out and a guy pays you attention for the first time you're like (gasps) Absolutely, because it's... Have my babies now. Yes. Well, it's like I talked about in the first episode. We're going through these things as adults that we should have gone through as children. I can't believe that this person would treat me this way. I can't believe Uh this person would just disappear. You're like appalled. Especially when you're so fragile when you first start coming out. Oh my God. I'm still fragile. Well, (laughs) I know. A baby. (laughs) But you know, you have this first experience with a guy, like you're so vulnerable Mm -hmm. because you're terrified for your life, Mm -hmm. for one. So yeah, like I I think it's it's fair to be somewhat psychotic now. Well, and the moral of the story with his dumbass, he used me because I was new. I was fresh meat. Oh. He had oh, been. Yeah, he had already that. hooked up with other guys on the Lolo, and he would so tell this me about is it. A pattern. Oh yeah, he would use me. I mean, he did. He used me for whatever it was that night, and then after that, it just went downhill and then fast forward to me calling my best friend bawling because uh-huh. I'm so sick to my stomach I'm so upset I feel like the world is just crashing down around me and I have to talk to somebody about it right. and I had nobody mm-hmm. because I nobody knew so I called her and I just lost it on the phone and I was like here's what's up I laid with another man last night <laughs> and, and I shall surely burn in hell now well, <laughs> I'm cold natured anyway so bring it on I'm ready <laughs> So, okay, like, what was her reaction whenever you told her? Was it, okay, I knew, or was it, like... She was supportive enough for what she... Well, she was was supportive as much as she thought she could be, I guess. It was, like, she listened, and she was, like, I'm sorry. Whenever you were in that moment when you were so weak and so vulnerable and had to talk to someone, it felt like... like, Were you terrified of saying the words out loud to someone? So I came out as bi first, So that's what I initially said out loud. Same, actually. Yeah. Well, and also I've learned with talking with my friends in the queer community now, it's kind of also a running theme because it's, it's still like 
that tie to your heterosexuality to, I guess, ease into full blown homosexuality. Right. Yeah. Well, I think it's easier for people to chew. Yeah. So like you could still live a normal life. Right? Oh my God. You yes. know what I mean? Well, and it was just easier to say, yeah. you know, you're like I'm bi. Okay. Like, right. That's comfortable for now. Yeah. When in reality, I never went back to any girls after saying that. <laughs> so. Back to like how you were feeling in that moment. Like before you said the word, out loud to her mm-hmm. just kind of what were your emotions like what were you dealing with on a personal level I was going through it <laughs> I was I'm sobbing driving now do you think more of your fear was coming from well not fear necessarily but like do you think more of your emotions were coming from the fact that this guy like used you and then yes. so like you're upset with that oh yeah it compounded with the fact that you're about to say out loud to someone for the first time that you like men I was so close to her at that time and so I was more upset and distraught over what he had done to me because she's the first person I thought about the first person that I thought would be okay with it and And be there for me yeah so like in this moment you're like driving to her house you told her on the phone first right uh-huh so then did you feel when you got because i also told the first person ever over the phone mm-hmm. and then like the first time that i saw her after that it was almost like i felt like she was seeing a different person like you're very naked. aware of yourself yes yeah, in that moment uh-huh. yes absolutely. it was very much that walking into her house i'm just like shaking i'm scared right. you know we've just had this conversation over the phone now here we are one-on-one and, and you're also feeling psychotic in the moment yes yeah (laughs) and I can't really remember much of it after like the phone call really I mean it she ended up consoling me right even more so and then like I was being psycho and texting him and finally like (laughs) so like what are we oh lord yeah I think we all go through that with someone three days three days and I was in love, honey. Uh-huh. Church bells were ringing. Okay, so you were 22 the first time you ever told someone. I was. So your first gay experience and your uh-huh. first time, like, saying out loud uh-huh. were all at 22. So then what was kind of your journey and, like, immediately following that? Did you wait a long time to tell anybody else? Or was it kind of like, now I've said it, it's easier to say it to other people now? It was very much that. Uh-huh. Because after that, it was just a roller coaster. And it became word vomit reaching out to my other friends uh-huh. one by one and being like hey and also too now that I've experienced a man I'm horny <laughs> I'm let's do this like ready to fucking <laughs> yeah. go like yeah. it happened I can't go back. Might as well have fun. Is that kind of the decision or like what led to the decision to tell people was like you wanted to just. Yeah. I want to be able to kiki with my girlfriends about like a hot guy that comes in the restaurant. Right. And no, TGI I think that's Fridays a- has actually like a big moment for me in life. It's funny to say out <laughs> loud, but like TGI Fridays is where it like all went down uh-huh. from the beginning to, you know, meeting my best friend today right. for the first time he started working there. I came out to him in the bathroom. Right. One we were closing and I was like come here I have to tell you something and I was like I'm bi and he was like okay girl and to this <laughs> right. day, he teases me. He was right. like, I knew you were so gay. Right. Just, you know, went from there and starting to meet people that I knew I was comfortable with talking about it with mm-hmm. because they also were comfortable and didn't care. And it really is. You said a minute ago, it was kind of like word vomit. It's kind of this situation where like, once you say it out loud, again, you've gone now 22 years where you've never been able to verbalize that you think a man is attractive exactly. or like whatever. And I don't know, I kind of would do this thing where I would be like, well, I can appreciate whenever a man looks 
looks good. Like that's fine. Oh my you gosh. Know? Yeah. So now I can just fully be like, I want that man to fucking raw dog me. Like, you know, <laughs> oh, yes. and so it's yeah. now you're like more comfortable saying it and it's super exciting. You're like, Oh my God, I wanted to do this for so yeah, long. It was, it felt so good yes. to just be like, this is me now. Right. And, and uh, was it like awkward at first to say these things around your girlfriends? A little bit. I would still be like kind of reserved at first and just kind of read the room, you know, right. How far can I go into detail until they freak out or they get weirded out? Right. And, and again, this kind of goes back to internalized homophobia that we've been taught exactly. our whole lives is yeah. because now we're like having to monitor ourselves, like speaking to yeah. our friends, like how are they going to respond to this? How are they going to react mm-hmm. to this? Guys have been talking about how hot girls are around us our entire life. I don't want to say girls look the other way, but it's just kind of like an understood part of society. It's fucked mm-hmm. like that they can just objectify women so much, but like it was just standard practice. Mm-hmm. So now we get to just say whenever we're attracted to someone and it we're like scared to do it. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's not fucking fair. Oh yeah. I mean, I can remember a certain time in this situation where at this point I had come out as bi to a bunch of my close friends and we went to a Razorback game. I was with two of my girlfriends and then like a couple of our guy friends and we were tailgating, whatever. But like, there's just all these yummy frat men walking mm-hmm. around, you know, mm-hmm. and you... And their fucking khaki shorts where their butts look good. <sighs> and those Sperry's. Ugh. It's just, it's the ugliest outfit, but in that moment, you're oh, no, just... at the time, I would take me as I am. into that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, I can remember secretly playing Smasher Pass. So, me and my girlfriends are secretly playing this game, but making sure that we don't let the guys in our group know what we're doing. And, right, for you your know, protection. For my protection, yeah. yes. And looking back now, it's just like, that's so crazy that I had to do that. Yeah. But, well, and it's because it's, like I talked about on the first episode, you know, like we really have to build a network of people that we feel safe and comfortable to be around exactly. because we, when you first start coming out, you don't have that. You don't mm-hmm. just magically like burst out in a cloud of glitter and have people right. understanding you. Yeah. So yeah, it's really scary. And especially in a public situation like that, you know, it almost feels like you're having sex in public. Like whenever oh, you're yeah. saying uh-huh. these things yeah. and there's like someone five feet away oh, that yeah. you're like, if they heard me, like they could potentially beat my ass. Like, I yeah. don't know. Well, and also too, every time I would say these things, like when I first came out, I would get little butterflies on my oh, yeah. stomach or like a cramp. Like you're about to like, come out again. Oh, I'm about to, I'm saying this, this is me. Like yeah. this guy's hot. And then you're like sick after yeah. saying it. Your heart is like pounding. Yeah. You've got like a bead of sweat rolling down uh-huh. your forehead, one rolling down your ass crack. And you're like, okay, I can't believe I just said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's exhilarating, but it's like terrifying at the same time. So like through coming out, when would you say that you were like fully out? Do you consider that to be the moment that your mom knew, which we're going to get into how your mom found out a little later. But like, would you consider that to be like when you felt fully out? Yeah, I guess the moment that I felt like fully out was when I got my first boyfriend. It completely solidified that moment. I've come out as bi, I've set up bi, I've messed around with guys here and there. It never went anywhere. But here we are. I have a relationship with another man now. Right. And I remember... And not like in secret. Well, in some ways, yes. I wouldn't post about it Mm -hmm. I wouldn't tweet about it he wanted to post pictures of us and I would be like no I don't really feel comfortable and like looking back now you know I feel bad that I robbed him of that because he was already like fully out his parents knew whatever I feel like this is 
a theme with most gay men when they come out, especially getting their first relationship. It's like a whole new world. You are defying everything that you've been brought up to believe. And it's now out in the world and you have to be able to maintain a healthy relationship with this man, but at the same time, deal with your own insecurities. And I mean, obviously the first guy that I dated didn't work out. And I feel like that's normal. Like your first boyfriend isn't forever. I think a queer journey is so much more unique than for a hetero because like I keep saying you know we start our life so much later right so when we're dating whether that be at 19 22 35 like whenever it is that you come out and actually get mm-hmm. to start living your life as who you are you're a baby you're a brand yeah, you don't know shit you're like a nine-year-old having a crush having a boyfriend having a girlfriend for the first time and you so, yeah, have reverted like, back to that young love mindset exactly because so it's, it's not, fresh it's new yes and I think uh, like an issue that I ran into a lot um, when trying to date was just constantly this thing tugging at me in the back of my mind. Like if my parents find out about this, like my life is over. Like that was oh like my my, the running thing. every day. That was all that I could think about. And so it kind of put a damper on me like dating. And mm-hmm. I, I used to say that I'd be like, well, I basically would just have sex with guys and then never speak to them again, mm-hmm. which is a whole nother ball game. That was also <laughs> from my first encounter with a man. You were ghosting before it was like a thing. Yeah. Or it had a, like a title. But it was because like <laughs> the first, my first sexual experience with a guy, like that's, I was used. I was just like treated mm-hmm. as an object. Like after he fucked me, I'm laying there with his fucking cum on me. And like, he goes, so I should probably tell you, like I started dating someone today. And from that moment, I knew that the gays were fucked. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that sent me on like this spiral, but this is not about me. So yeah, you have your boyfriend now, you feel fully out, mm-hmm. but like, but not really so at, at that point if someone asked you if you were gay were you like honest or did you ever still try to play straight well i guess you were at bi it was at this still time. bi um, but like were you honest with people because I, I don't consider myself to be fully out until i stop ever pretending to not be right i don't really know like exactly when it was like a full-on moment like i'm gay i'm out and proud i'm posting again it was one of those like slowly and surely Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. here and there but i would say comfortably by 23 4 okay so a year to two years from coming out you feel like maybe not even that long i mean here we are eight years down the road (laughs) and i'm just progressively getting gayer like okay same (laughs) i didn't think that that was possible but i mean my god through that year two years whatever did you ever feel like you were constantly thinking does this person think that i'm gay should i tell this person that i'm gay i want to have sex with this person literally couldn't see like a man without wanting to jump his bones yeah because for me for years i was just like people know that i'm gay because it's literally jumping out of my brain like there's no way that all of these thoughts are staying silent in my mind because it's all that i could think about yeah you know it just gets to that point where you're like this is me yeah right i'm gonna say it now right and, and well and i ask that because now you know we have our lives together like i come home to you after work like i wake up in the bed with you and it's just natural mm-hmm. and like it's rare that i ever like stop and think like whoa like i'm doing this with a man because like I love you and this is like our lives. Oh my God. Did you hear that? He loves (laughs) me. God, you are getting gayer. Uh, Well, (laughs) we done been new. No, I I get what you're saying. I don't ever have a thought that I'm like, oh my God, this isn't normal. Right. 
Cause well, I, if I get too deep in the ganja, I do start thinking well, that, but <laughs> yeah. um, so I know we kind of talked about the, you know, the first person that you came out to, um, you, you're not friends now, but like through that process, did you feel like you lost any more friends or did you intentionally isolate yourself from people that like, did you not even give people a chance? Because I did that a lot. Uh, oh yeah. It was a little bit of both. I hit this point where I would be scrolling through Facebook and just see someone that was straight that I either went to high school with or whatever. And their post could be nothing, but I would just sit there and I'd be angry. Yeah. And I would delete them immediately because I would just in my head create this narrative of this person and be like oh well they're homophobic right. and I would block unfriend unfriend without ever right. truly knowing how they would feel about it if exactly. you told them but I mean I was right about you know like 80% of them oh I would yeah. say yeah, so yeah. it was a cleansing yeah there was people that would reach out to me and be like why did you do this and then I feel like a dick and then I get more angry because now I look this way like lash back out or just block them and not respond right because now we've entered i don't owe anybody anything like this is me where you kind of have this self-righteous yes moment yes. where you're like like no like i've been oppressed by you my entire life exactly like all of your like southern mindsets yeah. now i'm myself and i don't want anything to do with you like I don't want to see yeah. your face I don't yeah. want to hear your voice like anything yeah and I mean I'm still like that in some ways about certain situations and people because I know that they are either like blatantly homophobic uh, you know like, I don't owe you shit so oh, absolutely yeah uh, but after you know the purging and growing more and getting older you start to realize like it's okay for people to have other opinions right than you and you can only hope these people can educate themselves. like did you ever have a friend that you told and then like they never talked to you again or did you ever have anyone specifically say it to you because I had this a lot well I still love you but I don't agree with that my like, mother you don't fucking <laughs> agree with that like and we're getting into your mom soon oh <laughs> <laughs> we're getting on the topic of your mom soon but friendships because I think it was always baffling people my age to say this like mm -hmm. You know, people that I never saw going to church or, you know, talking about God in any other way. And now all of a sudden they're like, well, you know, the Bible says that's wrong. Like, that's not okay with God. Right. Or and and I'm, I'm like, like, pretty sure that your bitch ass has not been in church once, but yeah. go off, I guess. <laughs> and it just confused me and it hurt. Like, it hurts to hear someone say that because I'm opening up myself yeah. fully to you. Mm -hmm. Like, a straight person will never understand no. that, like, guilt, the shame, the fear that we all go through. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I did experience that. And it, funny enough, it's with a friend, yeah. the first person I came out to, you know, with the crying fest and just being psycho. But, <laughs> yeah, so fast forward after that, I get my first boyfriend. I'm so excited. We're sitting in his living room. I take a Snapchat. He is laying his head on my shoulder. Of course never post it to my story no ma'am but I'm gonna send it to my friends that know right and that I think wouldn't care and that was not the case with her at first I sent her that snap and then I get a long text from her basically in like the nicest way she could be say like I love you but I don't agree with this lifestyle right. it's not what the bible says lifestyle. it's oh my god I know right it's not what we're taught and blah 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 I, and then she basically 
ended it with like, I just don't want to see it. I love you, but I don't want to see it. Right. Don't yeah. throw it in my face. I used to get that oh all the time. Yeah. And, and so oh, it's cor- fine, but don't throw it in my face. Like, I don't want to see you like, I don't know, make it out with a dude. And so that's exactly what I yeah. did. Else I would make out with dudes in yeah. front of people because I'm like, that is homophobia. They're like, oh, I'm not homophobic. Like, you're my friend, whatever. And I'm like, no, you're being homophobic. Exactly. And meanwhile, these straights are walking through Walmart with their hands down, like, their partners. Fucking fingering each other. Walk- yeah. And that's fine. Yeah, that's oh, all well and good. Happy couple. As a whole, would you say, like, your friend group completely changed after oh, coming yeah. out? Yeah. And then... <laughs> my god i guess this ex-friend of mine has just become a martyr for every single of these points because she exemplified like all of this uh-huh. she came to me one time after my big purge and like after i was starting to become comfortable with myself and like meeting other gay people and kind of finding like a little click at first she decides to hit me with this whole i feel like you only want to be friends with gay people now all you want to do is talk about gay, gay thing gay yeah. shit yeah like and drag and whatever and I mean, yes, my whole friend group had changed at this point to where if it wasn't someone I worked with, it was either my roommate or my gay friends at this point. I was just baffled that she made it sound like it like it was a personal attack against her. Yeah, and it, it's almost like she was annoyed by it. Like, that's all you want right. to talk about. I've had to sit here and talk about all these men that break your heart. I was a crying shoulder. Right. Yeah, straight people get to grow up with people around them that are like them their whole lives. So I think it's only natural for us to come out and now we're basically children again and so now yeah. we want to surround ourselves with people who have those common experiences Like-minded. and who we can talk to yeah. about all of these things like there's only so much you can talk to a straight girl about gay sex oh yeah right yeah. because they just that's not in their wheelhouse and that's fine yeah but we have to have people we can talk to about these things exactly. you know it's natural it is a normal thing to surround yourself with gay people yeah and I mean and she was like the only one that really had an issue with it. Right. And I mean, like everybody else was, I mean, I've always said like, regardless of like where we go in life, I mean, if we are friends, you know, we're going to grow up, we're going to change, we're going to, you know, meet new people, find new yeah, friends. And everybody does. Yeah. And so just because I was now hanging out with all these gay people didn't mean that I didn't love her any less. You know, right. I'm just now I want to spend my time with these people too, yeah. to learn and grow exactly. as a gay man. And she was selfish. So. So it sounds like your experience with your friends wasn't too terribly traumatic which is good no thank I had it it was good yeah overall I didn't really lose any like close close friends and the ones that I did they didn't need to be in your life right right. but at the time it still hurts oh my god like whenever someone walks out of your life because of who you are as a person right not because of something you believe in not Mm -hmm. because of your political beliefs literally just because of how you exist Mm -hmm. Um, yeah it sucks in retrospect yeah now we're able to objectively go well, fuck that person. They didn't need to be a part of my life to begin with. But at the time it sucks, especially as you're working on building that family. Mm -hmm. Um, and a network of people who are like-minded and can fully understand you. So friendships didn't go crazy, but maybe somebody that did. To madre. To madre. So how did all of this go down? Like, where did this come into your coming out journey? So 
it pretty much started with, you know, we had a computer. She'd go to work. I'd get on it mm-hmm. and pull up Google and type in naked man penis nude scene in movie or something because. Oh, my God. The nude scene in a movie. Oh, my God. Yes. 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 You hear about some guy that uh, some actor that showed ass. Right. And if you found out a movie that had an actor that showed his dick, it was on. I was. Well, I've always been um, like a private investigator. I'm, oh, a little sleuth. Yeah. So. You, I was able to find that shit so fast. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you know, back in those days, I mean, all I needed was Google Images and some Jergens. <laughs> <laughs> Google and Jergens. Yes. Uh, so, it started there. And then, like, afterwards, uh, my mom was on it one day. And, you know, you had to delete your history and all that. Well, then I was going to these unsafe sites. And then viruses stop po- start popping up. Mm-hmm. Like, little ads. Like, you know, she was sitting on the computer. And then here comes this pop-up that's a man railing another man. And it's like, click here for the video. So, then, of course, I get questioned about it and I'm freaking the fuck out. Oh, and deny till you die. Oh my God, yeah. Die, and die, like, die. check that history, honey. It's clean. And she's like, yeah, it's completely so, clean. Like, you know, there's no browsing history exactly. at all. <laughs> right, yeah. And then you've got to immediately gaslight your mom and yeah. be like, um, are you sure you didn't visit a site that was not safe? Yes, like, girl, <laughs> did you, one of those emails that used to go around were like, yeah, yeah. send this to 10 friends. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, no. Right. You, you're the problem. Right. <laughs> I'm like, maybe you're watching gay porn Jamie you get questioned yeah. about yeah so that happens whatever and then well you know too I or well after that like TGI Fridays again here we are <laughs> ground zero heaven. ground zero for my coming out I can remember specifically sitting in my truck one day after a shift and we were fighting over something I don't remember what about I was just angry at that time and so I started to fight with her over everything and then I came out to her as bi mm. and my mother loves to play this little game where if she doesn't acknowledge it then it doesn't exist right my parents so yeah so we have her fight it's never talked about again so then fast forward i have my first boyfriend it's thanksgiving we've been dating for maybe a couple weeks i'm ready for him to meet my friends i still live it's time it's time yes my mom was going out of town she's going to my grandparents in clinton so i was like bet i'm gonna throw a little like friendsgiving and i still lived at home but my first boyfriend he had his own apartment and so i was like oh my god daddy so i was basically like living with him but out you know you always just tell your mom i'm staying with friends i'm staying with friends so they came over we had a great time we drank whatever and got pretty drunk we all went to bed the next morning it's bright and early and i hear the door open the front door and i'm laying in bed shirtless with my boyfriend who is also shirtless we're side by side on our phones not doing anything thank god thank looking back god. now Whoa. and then i hear the jingle of my mother's keys Oh, and then she also went through a phase where she wore these like little silver bangles on her wrist and they were so loud. It sounded like a damn tambourine. (laughs) So those would jingle and you'd know she was here. So the door opens. I hear the jingle of the keys and her little bangles and I'm like, oh, fuck. Right. I mean, at this point, you I'm caught. can't do anything. There's nothing you can do at this point but just sit here and wait for the wrath of uh-huh. your mother. She basically comes in my room. She asks what's going on, and I told her I had friends over. And then she leaves my room, goes back to her room, texts me. And says, you need to come here. So long story short, I basically had to go in there and have this conversation with my mother and tell her, well, it is what it is. You know, it's, I mean, because she said, what is this? And I said, well, mama, 
I have a boyfriend. She left the house and said by the time she got back, everyone needed to be gone. And we left. And then it was kind of from there. It was just a thing. It was unspoken. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, even still to this day, my mother and I don't, we don't talk about it. She knows I'm gay. She knows that I do makeup and that's all I care about. And, you know, it, it does suck. I have friends that have parents that have been there from day one. So supportive. They're just involved. They're involved. Yeah. yeah. And it sucks to not have my mother be involved. And I, I deal with it a lot. And I deal with constantly trying to, like, impress my mom and getting that validation, seeking out that validation that mm-hmm. I just never got from her. So I go back and forth. But overall, I'm okay. You know, I know that I have a wonderful family of friends, gay and straight, who are more than enough. So my mother knowing and still loving me and still accepting me is a gift in its own. And I'm going to cherish it because I know that I have it even better than a lot of other people too. Right. Who can be cast out and disowned. And Mm -hmm. so I have to step back and look at the big picture. I might get in my feels about it, but at the end of the day, like she still loves you, you know? Yeah. I think something that we have to... To remind ourselves a lot is well me specifically there are people that have it way worse there are like for any situation that you think is bad there's a situation that's worse that yes. somebody else is having to go yes. through coming out to your parents is the scariest fucking thing especially here in the south here in the bible belt like mm-hmm. my mom specifically said to me I was in the sixth grade barely even understood anything about being a human at that point much less like being a sexual creature and then you know she says to me driving down the road one day you know there's only one thing I would ever disown you for it's for being gay and it's like oh wow first of all why would you say that to a child that you already think yeah. is straight like you, that would be unnecessary well, like part you already of that, fucking knew. well was there a conversation to be had before that that led up to that or it was just out of nowhere out of of nowhere which part of me well I don't know I mean my mother acted pretty shocked but I'm just like kind of mother's intuition it's almost like she had kind of seen that you might be going down that road from your mannerisms and you know oh yeah 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 so no, the first time I got called a faggot I was in kindergarten like oh my god literally people whenever I say people have known my whole life people have known my whole life so you know in the third grade I had a girlfriend <laughs> haven't we all and or I went to her brother's birthday party right the next day at school she broke up with me And she said that her parents told her to break up with me because I was gay. Third grade, did not know. Now, they were not from the South. They were Northerners in retrospect. I'm pretty sure they were just like, girl, move on. Like, I don't think that it was... little country bumpkin. Yes, like, I don't think that it was at all malicious on their side of things. It's basically just them being like, hey, we know. Yeah, like... Don't waste your time. Yeah, just move along. Yeah. He might not know, but we do. But (laughs) naturally, as the overly emotional being that I am, I go home and I'm like, sobbing I'm crying so hard I'm like Kaylee dumped me and my mom's like well why and so I tell her Mm -hmm. instead of saying well honey like that's okay or you know whatever Mm -hmm. like these things that you wish looking back on that you know your parents would have done for you she was angry at her parents for calling me something so horrible they didn't call me anything horrible Mm -hmm. they simply just calling it like they they, seize it (laughs) exactly and I think that's the most frustrating part and it might be like this in the north but you know in the south like it's literally looked at as like you are the scum of the earth like it's the worst thing that you could be labeled oh yeah i mean you know i think my parents at that time in my life would have rather me been a fucking murderer 
than a homosexual. Oh God, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to travel backwards. Okay. So there are these moments in my life that I remember so specifically because they scared me shitless. Mm-hmm. Like the moment that I realized that I was into men, um, it was an accident and I was sick to my stomach. I literally hated myself. Again, this was in the sixth grade. Like, mm-hmm. you know, puberty was like kind of creeping in, hormones right. were starting or whatever. And I was like, oh, wait. And then you're sitting here like angry at yourself because I can remember specifically yes. being like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Why am I having these thoughts? It's oh, not okay. Absolutely. This is not absolutely. like what? I was so mad. You know, you bury it and bury it and bury it. And you know, I would have these angry thoughts and be like, my God, like, no, I'm not fucking gay. And then like 10 o'clock at night would come, I'm laying in bed and I'm horny. And then yep. I would allow myself to have those thoughts because, yes, because it's, it's like night. It's the nighttime. You're you secluded. Can hide you're from alone. It. You can hide. I'm going to let these thoughts in. I know it's bad, but God, it feels so good. Yes. <laughs> well, and I would also have these moments. I'd be like, this is the last time. This is the last time it, that I'm doing yes. this. Yes. Oh my like, God. I'm never going to look at a man after this again. Oh yeah. I just have to get this out of my system. Uh-huh. Just lying to yourself. Yes. But when you were a kid, like whenever you're kind of going through these emotions, like do you have that pivotal point? Do you have that time that you remember going, oh, fuck. Yeah. I mean, I guess it'd probably be like around junior high, maybe. But I mean, like still dated girls regardless. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, I had a best friend who I rode the bus with and he lived minutes from my house and he was every girl's dream (laughs) in the eighth grade at that time. I mean, basketball, baseball, football star. He was hot as hell, but he was so quirky and weird and he didn't have that like dumb persona. I mean, he was a dumbass, but I mean, he liked like anime and drawing and video games. Like things that you were into. Yeah, but he also played sports and I mean the girls that flocked to him and I remember thinking I feel some type of way like this is more than just a friendship like I was I mean just like all those girls I was in love with him so it was kind of like around that point I remember being like well shit but then also at the same time being like it'll pass you're figuring things out it's normal you know in fact it did not pass spoiler (laughs) alert so you know earlier I kind of mentioned like the walking through Walmart and seeing like the Hanes where like did those do you feel like those thoughts started later for you as well because you said you were like junior high I was it was a little bit before that for me but I know before that one pivotal moment it never crossed my mind like sexually had no desire towards a man or a, or a girl for that matter but after that moment I was just like oh my god I was fucking horny for every man that I saw I have been horny for men as far back as third grade I think it was second grade actually second grade I had this friend named Josh he was so fucking cool and I remember specifically being like well I want to be more than just best friends like I want to have a boyfriend and I remember asking him to be my boyfriend and he was like okay sure now granted we don't know what the fuck that means it was another way to say like best friend but I remember at that time getting butterflies because I was like oh my gosh I do like he was so casual yeah okay obviously like I said nothing ever came of it it was like that that was it. I, I right, he was like, yeah, statement. sure. And then we were just friends. Move yeah, along. That was right. it. And ever since I always looked at boys, I would go through my yearbooks and find the hot guys. Like wow, seventh grade. So you kind of had like grade. an early sexual awakening. Yeah. When I was younger, like as I started to get older is when it started to get a little bit more scary, I guess. It was always like, I'm alone. I'm, it's fine. You know, I never thought about it really until I started to be like, you know, oh my God. I've been told if I like this, I'm going to hell. And not only that, my mother literally pulled me into her bedroom when I was 10 and said she would be very worried for me because I had not accepted 
the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart oh, yeah. and been baptized. And like looking back now is that is so fucked up. Oh, it's such a brainwashing mechanism. I'm just, you know, I love my mother and she, she has come a long way. I do admit. But I think at that time in her life, she probably genuinely, I mean, she meant and believed that she probably still believes it now. Well, yeah. So, I mean, coming from that, it was, you know, I'm alone. Nobody knows. Okay. Bet. And then I get older and then now it's, it's starting to like sick to my stomach. These feelings are not going away. It's, right. They're only getting stronger. Right. And then I'm hitting puberty and then it's just running rampant. Oh yeah. Cause now you're like actually horny. Yes. It actually started in high school when I had this friend that lived across the street from me, best friends once again, you know, that was my first experimental moment was with him in high school. It was jerk off next to each other. Watch this porn. But in the same, like I'm, I'm secretly like staring at him and right. he's like watching this porn that I give no shits about. Then it was like touching and you know, like maybe like, like a kiss here and there, but it never like progressed really, you know, f- beyond that. And it was like a thing, you know, like after school every day before our parents got home, he would come over and we would experiment. And to me, I, it was exhilarating. Like, Oh, oh my yeah. God, I, I loved it. And then of course he finally had his moment where he was like, that's, it's really weird. I'm, I can't do this anymore. Right. And then you feel disgusting and then you panic oh, yeah. and then you're like, please don't tell anyone. But he got angry and he was like, I, I'm dude, I'm not gay. And after it had been so fine for so long, you know, and then you're freaking out, like, please don't tell anybody. Like, I, like right. I'm not either. I'm not either, you know, whatever. Well, and then because I felt this way and it only got stronger, I am dating girls, you know, once I went through my awkward puberty and lost my weight, you know, my baby fat and, you know, got into high school is where I started to kind of like flourish and get the girls. And I'm going to tell you right now, all my girlfriends, high school and up were very hot. Yeah. On that subject, let's kind of transition into that because you did date women. And I think in the South, that is a huge thing that happens with gay men. Mm-hmm. Now we are living in a different time now. I don't think it's as prevalent, No, but you know, there are men who marry women, have kids with them and are married to these people for years before they ever mm-hmm. like come out and it's so sad and it's unfortunate I know for them <laughs> and yeah like it's just crazy and it sucks that they've had to like live this whole this and, lie yeah because they of what society has told them and exactly. what they were taught and so, which is why I did it because exactly. it's so, normal I gotta do it so you like it never was I tried <laughs> I like literally could I, I'm so fucking awkward anyhow to try to (laughs) date someone that I am literally not attracted to at all just couldn't work for me like I had a girlfriend in the ninth grade I think and she like broke up with me because we were together for like three months and I never would hold her hand like Uh I, I was just not into it. The like first kiss that I had with a girl, I think I was like a junior in high school or something. And she was in town for the summer to like stay with her grandma or something. And then she was going back to Puerto Rico where she's from. So it was like the night before she left all summer, people were like, oh, y'all would be so cute together. Y'all should blah, 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 blah. I was like, okay. So the night before they go back to Puerto Rico, she pecked me on the lips and I wanted to die. It was awful. It was awful. I went on a shame spiral because now I'm like, I have literally fucked my brain up so bad mm-hmm. with these thoughts of men that now I can't even enjoy kissing a girl. Yeah. 
you know, because I literally at this time still think that I'm fucked, like messed up in the head. And so the fact that you fully committed to being in relationships and mm-hmm. having sex I did. and like potentially marrying. Oh, yeah. How did you process that in your head? Like, how did you separate that? I mean, I'm working overtime to suppress and now I've gotten older and now kids are getting mean. The comments, faggot, gay wad, I mean, you name mm-hmm. it. And so I'm working overtime to prove them wrong. And yeah, a lot of it was get a girlfriend. Okay, cool. I'm safe. But then a lot of it too, I was creating relationships with these girls and it was fine. And I really, I mean, I thought that I liked them a lot. And I think it was more so like it was comforting to have someone and almost like a security blanket. Exactly. And to just be able to walk around and be like, yeah, I have a girlfriend. I have a girlfriend. So like, no, I'm not gay. You know, like I couldn't be gay. I'm sleeping on the woman. Right. And so, you know, that happened and I would date them for a second and then I'd get bored. Date them for a second and then I'd get bored. Hmm, Wonder why. Well, you know. (laughs) And then high school came along and then along came this girl who kind of defied the odds with just any regular old girl in the high school. I mean, she was this bad bitch, platinum blonde, gorgeous girl. All the men wanted her, but she was just like, ew, like, no, I don't like football guys, athletic guys, not my thing, not my thing. Like, and immediately she sought me out and we started dating and ended up carrying a relationship for four years off and on. This girl was like, I mean, a firecracker. I think looking back now I wanted to be her <laughs> more so than be with <laughs> right, her right. because I mean there's just this carefree girl I loved it I was just like here for it you know she was very much so like a guy's not gonna fucking tell me what to do she very much wore the pants in that relationship <laughs> my god I bent over backwards for her so yeah and you know I had sex with them and then college came and then like I'm having sex with more than one girl in one night at college parties and what Oh, yeah, I did. And this journey that I've been on for X amount of years, finally getting to the point where I'm comfortable with myself and comfortable being who I am and being with you and starting a life with a man is, it's nice. It's nice to be here. Olive Garden said it. When you're here, you're family. Oh, my God. (laughs) You know, that's how I felt today on this, this, this show. Good. Good. (laughs) Uh, So you drew growing up. You're... Mm -hmm an awesome artist. Is that kind of what segued into makeup for you? Yes. Mm -hmm. So I'm an only child. So growing up, I had to entertain myself Mm -hmm. and, you know, playing with toys, going and playing in the woods, you know, again, we're in the South guys. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, honey. I grew up in the stick. So yeah, I have to entertain myself. And then it progressed from that into drawing. I love doodling, you know, and then I would see things and try to mimic them and draw them. And then it carried into school and I was in art classes ever since it was offered and then even took classes in college and had some pieces in high school specifically go to competition. Then I start coming out and then I go to my first drag show and Hmm. I'm mesmerized. As we all are. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody screams louder than a gay man at a drag show. Let me tell you. Oh my God. So yeah, just sitting there and, you know, becoming obsessed with RuPaul's Drag Race and seeing the 
this art on their faces and this this extravagant makeup. You know, at this point, we're getting into the whole like beauty influencer thing is like when James Charles was taking off and like Jeffree Star Cosmetics and all this. And so makeup is growing and it's oh, becoming yeah. like huge. And, you know, growing up, I would have never thought about I mean, I don't think I ever played in makeup when I was little. It didn't appeal to me. I would put the heels on every now and then and then wrap the towel or the T-shirt around my head like I had a wig on. Yeah. But that was the kind of the extent. So I never really played with makeup. So yeah, I finally would just always told myself like, I can do that. I could do that. Like, and you'd watch the tutorials. And so I woke up one day and my tax money had dropped. Oh God. And I was like, let's fucking go. And I went and spent $600 at Sephora that day. Wait, what? Oh my God. And the makeup that I got was so shitty too. Like for what I was trying to do. $600 on your first time buying makeup. Yeah. And I went in with a friend of mine. And so he's just telling me to get this. You need this. You need that. Well, of course he's handing me like brand name things. I'm so lost in the Sephora. Like, okay, cool. And yeah, spent all this money. And then looking back now, it's still, I mean, makeup is expensive. And looking back, like all the money that I spent, I, I still had like nothing hardly and we sat in his bathroom that night and attempted to do our drag makeup and oh my god (laughs) we should put like a link to the photo or something or just like drop it we'll probably we'll post it i don't want to scare the viewers no oh my god bitch (laughs) well no you're right i somehow end up green i look like shrek for some reason well (laughs) so i mean which that's my spirit animal but it was bad and so then it just grew from there and you know trial and error trial and error like do this do this don't do this don't do that so makeup was always kind of a segue into drag for you like or dragway was more of a segue into makeup for you drag race yes because before then i'd never really thought about doing boy glam like no i want to do like drag is completely changing your whole face like that sounds fun i want to do that and so yeah drag makeup was the first time i'd ever picked up like a brush or a lipstick right drag kind of turned into this passion for makeup yes it's very interesting i don't think i ever actually knew that whole story Mm -hmm. So when you first decided to go buy makeup, were you scared? to go do it? I wasn't scared to buy it because I was with my friend at the time and we were just like, whatever, you know. I was scared for anyone other than like my very close-knit friends or like my roommate. Right, other than the, other that than that them. That to know, yeah, that I'm you know, just kind of practicing my makeup. Right. But also at this time too, I was pretty out and proud. Everyone knew that I worked with. It was a thing. I, I would post pics and stuff. I was dating guys like out in the open now. So, but now with my new discovery of makeup, we now have this newfound fear of gay men looking at you differently. Yes, now, now it's within your community. Now like we people that exactly. should be standing in support of you. Exactly. Or like whatever. Yes. And also too, it's it's like, okay, if you do something, do you post it? Because right. people have just accepted that you're gay. Now you're putting makeup on. Right. Like, so that was a whole nother fear in itself. Don't let people know you're putting makeup on. Right. Because you know? now you've created this narrative in your head where it's like, he wants we to knew be he a girl. Was gay, but he wants to be a girl. He w- exactly. Does he want to be a girl? Exactly. And I'm going to tell you right now, that phrase, I just, I want to beat some people up. Yeah. And at the time when I first started doing it, I thought I was safe because I was dating a guy. And then he dumped me. Because? Because I did makeup. Because afterwards, it was, well, and even during, he even said like, I don't care, but like, it's just not my thing. And right then and there should have been a red flag and I should yeah, have dumped like him that's on the not, spot. That's not a thing to I, say if that's not my thing. That's not exactly. my thing. It's like a food you don't fucking like to eat. Oh my God, right? Yeah. In the midst of me starting makeup, I'm dating this guy. I think it's going to be cool. It's not. He dumps me. Now I have a huge insecurity. 
I do makeup. This man dumped me. Who else is going to like turn me away, block me or dump me? Right. So now I have a complex. Thank you, mystery man, for that. But... All right. Well, that wraps up part one of the interview with Colby. Tune in with us next week to get part two, where we dive into sex and the fun things. Um, Be sure to follow us on Twitter at QAS podcast and on Instagram at queer.as.south. We are going to be posting some links that we talked about earlier in the episode yes so in our bio you will be able to uh, sign the petition and after you sign the petition for brayla stone it will even give you an option to donate a minimum of like eight dollars so it takes two seconds guys we're gonna put the link to that in our bio and then if you head on over to twitter if you have twitter and follow us um i will also be posting the links there for brayla i'm also going to be posting the link for intransitive.org and Gigi's house. These two organizations are local and they're led by trans folks of color here in Arkansas. I'm also going to be posting the link for the history on Stonewall and Marsha P. Johnson on our Twitter and on our Instagram story. So look out for that, guys. Yes, please do all of those things. Show your support for the community. Show your support for the Black Lives Matters movement. Let's protect each other. But that's it for today, guys. Thanks for joining us, Colby. Thank you. I had so much fun and y'all get like a whole nother episode with me i'm so excited (laughs) well in the meantime let's talk about it y'all